So, hello and welcome to the end of season review for 2018-19 on the Southcast with myself, Glyn Price, and Ollie Warner. As usual, how are you, Ollie? I'm good, thank you, Glyn. Good, good. And we're in a room full of uh, guests this week, aren't we? And uh, we've been held at uh, Shropshire Star. Thanks for hosting us again this year, Lewis. It's uh, good to be back. Pleasure, Glyn. Thank you. Uh, nice to see you, and, and nice to see you all. It's, it's a, a yearly event, so... Yeah. It's going well, it's going well. <laughs> Two in a row, we'll have to see how the season's gone and when we review it now to, to, to make a judgement how well it's gone. But yeah, we're joined by Mark Elliott from Radio Shropshire Hello. now. So thanks for joining us again, Mark. No problem. And you obviously enjoyed last year, you wanted to come back? I, I, yes, I was desperate to come back, there's no biscuits. <laughs> no, well, joke, we've, had a, we've had a pre-record discussion about where there's no biscuits, considering Ollie Whips. You didn't or, eat them all. Uh, there last we go. time, it was Never a waste mind. of time, brought loads of stuff, and you didn't eat any. <laughs> there we go. And we've got a uh, regular guest, and brother of me, uh, Mike Price back. How are you, buddy? I'm alright, yeah. Good, we good. did one about three days ago. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, getting a bit, it's getting a bit too much, isn't it, really? We sick of each other. Well, yeah. we went to the kids' festival with the kids on Saturday as well, so it's, it's all been too much this week, hasn't yeah. it, Mike? I think Very much A couple of weeks break from each other. But yes. There we go. So, yeah, we're back to review the end of season, uh, well, the season that's just gone, 2018-19, as I said. So, we've split this podcast down into a couple of different sections. Um, we've split the season down into seven sections, which we'll review first, and then we've got a few quick-fire round-the-table questions to round off with. Um, some fan questions we've had sent in, Ollie, and uh, then we'll have a little bit of think about next season. And um, yeah, Ollie, what, what do you think? Should be should be fun. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, it'd be good to get obviously um, listeners to the podcast have heard me and you all season. Yeah, it'd be good to get obviously <laughs> Lewis and Mark's view and, and Mike as well. Cause Mike hasn't Mike's been on the podcast a few times, but yeah, it'd be good to get his view as well. So yeah, should be a good one. Good, good. Right then, in that we will crack on with reviewing the season. It's another good delivery, and it's a second goal. Luke Waterfall is claiming the final touch. And Shrewsbury on the verge of an almighty FA Cup upset. So, it's been a season, hasn't it? Uh, an interesting season. Um, it, we've split it down to seven different parts, really, to discuss. Um, seven crap parts. Yeah, that's fair, Ollie, I think that is. Um, <laughs> we'll start with a pre-season, where I don't think everyone thought it was too crap at pre-season. We no. were obviously worrying about the team being built, but... Um, yeah, how it was all coming together didn't really give us too many indications of what was about to happen following that. And then we've called part two Askey Ball, um, part three Death of a Manager, part four Danny Coyne's Barmy Army, part five Ricketts and the FA Cup distractions, part six Stopping the Rock but Not Out of It, and then part seven Saving the Season, which is probably a little bit generous. But um, yeah, it felt like that was a sort of a, a split of how it had gone really in terms of the, of the season. So I suppose we'll just we'll move straight on to pre-season really. So. Yeah, we did this at the start of last year, actually, and the end of the podcast last year, about expectations, but I think it's probably worth us reflecting where we were when we sat in this meeting room a year ago and talked about what our expectations were, but I'll start with you, Lewis. You know, what, what, at that point in time, asking you to come in now, so where were you at yeah. with your expectations for the season? Um, clearly not to have a repeat of what went before it, mm. but to stay... I remember using stabilise a lot, because I think... <laughs> Possibly that that was the, the end of the third season, and this is the end of the fourth. Yep. Now going into the fifth, and obviously it had been relegation. You know, survive relegation, survive relegation, playoff final. There was you needed a bit of middle somewhere in a middle ground, and and also the churn as well. We had to lose a lot of players, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to be ambitious and say, you know, we could use it and push off on into the top half, maybe be on the outskirts of the, the playoffs. But I'd have, I'd have taken a a twelfth or a thirteenth, but. It, it sort of could have gone that way come the yeah. end of the season, couldn't it? The, the yeah. cluster at the bottom of the league one, but but obviously didn't finish 18th. But that's what I was looking at. Some some sort of mid-table stability where you're safe by March. Mm. Yeah, that would be lovely, of, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, obviously didn't quite go that way, but <laughs> no. um, that would have been nice. You know, just the last, last half a dozen games have nothing on them and we're all sort of on the beach 
that would have been nice because I haven't done it yet in, no. in, in this era. No. And I feel, I still feel now as it's finished going into next season, it's still something that needs to happen. A season or two of that, and you know, as I say, in the fifth season at this level, you come into the point where I think I saw a stat at the end of the season. We're one of the longest established clubs in this league now, yeah, yeah. which is pretty amazing. I think like seventh or eighth longest in in this division, which, which is amazing. But it's been sort of fighting the drop, fighting the drop, fighting the drop, playoffs, fighting the drop. Yeah. I just like to see a bit of solidity. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know about you, Mike, but it's like as the, as the preseason developed, you sort of saw the kind of players coming in. Yeah, you know, did that when you saw the quality of players coming in? Did that really affect how you'd been feeling post? You know, the, the almost promotion season where you were like, yeah, let's push on. Yeah, when you sort of saw the players coming in, did that make you think mm, maybe we're, we're pitching ourselves a bit lower, or was it hard to tell? Well, my expectation, go back to the question you asked yeah. Lewis, was I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember being quite enthusiastic mm. on the last podcast. I'll be a lot less enthusiastic on this one. <laughs> Um, but I was saying playoffs, you know, if we can get in that last playoff place, make a real push for it, which ironically we were discussing before the podcast, we weren't that far off with not many games to go. It was a real weird congested table, wasn't it? But yeah. going back to the recruitment, it, you asking me, was I excited? I never ever heard of one of the footballers. <laughs> I'd never <laughs> heard of uh, Andy Grant. Yeah. Um, I the rest of them, yeah. I, yeah, I'd only heard, heard of Waterfall because of the handball. Yeah, no, yeah, the handball in the final. Um, so it was really difficult to tell. I can remember us saying a lot of, oh, we've recruited from the lower leagues, hungry, ambitious young players who want to come and prove a point, maybe have failed elsewhere. But it's all, it was all guesswork. And if you look at who we signed, I don't know if you'll run through them, but of what looks like about 15 signings, there was probably about five that you could call even halfway towards a success, mm. which is a terrible strike rate, really, when you look at that's your main recruitment to put together a mm-hmm. core squad. I don't know if you are going to read the names that speak from remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe we'll just get in March. What was your expectations, obviously, after last season and coming into, into the... Well, you need to call it this season, almost. Yeah. yeah. Too many this last season. So, after the playoff final, I would have said sixth would be a realistic target to drop off from where they were to anything below that, I think, is is taking too much of a, of a dive. I would have probably accepted top half of the table. Um, but certainly worrying and bemoaning a lack of a successful playoff charge rather than worrying and bemoaning about possible relegation. <laughs> that was a long, long way from my mind. Yeah. Um, and on recruitment, that was before they lost a lot of good players. But as first, before you even get the player recruitment, manager recruitment, what was your thoughts on that? <clears throat> Part of the model, wasn't it? Yeah. This is the Shrewsbury Town model now. That's what we which... thought until we saw the first interview. But yeah. <laughs> well, for, for players and for managers, it's the same. It's yeah. people on the way up, young players who want to make a name for themselves and he fit that model on mm. on the face of it the style of football seemed to be quite exciting and then he started to hear things that were a little bit more worrying and then the yeah. players then he started signing Doug Loft yeah well you're talking about it like that and you know that then all of a sudden alarm bells start going do you think there's a, just another question do you think it's because sometimes the club have mentioned and they've had the playoffs took us to make the season longer and all that kind of stuff do you buy that that we, we had a short and pre-season uh, yeah, well, I, 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 think we, I think we had enough time. Uh, yes, but yeah. there's, yes, it's a, a reason to not necessarily get everyone you want no. and sign people like Dogloff to cover holes. Like we got second penny. There was a lot of panic January, buys, and then, yeah, panic a lot buys. of panic buys in the summer. A lot of panic buys in January. <laughs> Dogloff yeah. was an early panic buy. <laughs> <laughs> he was an early panic. He's kind of the symbol, isn't he? But you yeah, go through yeah. a few of them. Kieran Kennedy was never going to play a first team game, yeah. was he? And, and and people like that, even an Aaron and Marty Holloway. 
punt and a half. I've had my sound in this season, Mark, so I'll, let it, I'll leave it um, to you guys. He's, he's a fun probably half. won't be the first time Lee he's mentioned off. in this. Yeah, part. well, when yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, they, I mean, you know, yeah, as I say, Mike prob- Mike's probably right, and, and we, we obviously talked about the time, but Grant was the standout there, wasn't he? Yeah. It was hard to tell about the loanees. Obviously, Doherty turned out to be fantastic, but I don't even think we could have probably thought about how good Doherty was going to be this season. He didn't really have too much pedigree coming in it still, did he? So, um, recruitment was worrying, and then, obviously, we went into um, pre-season, and the main thing I remember town fans discussing a lot was... What are we doing with our strikers? You know, it, we want, we've always wanted a proven goal scorer here. And you mentioned Holloway, you mentioned bringing in um, Liangol as well. But that was that was it really. The shop and and we had Payne still, but obviously he left a little bit into pre-season. Well, after the first game, didn't he? And it was there was definitely a gap there, wasn't there, Mike? We, we definitely felt like we were missing some someone with a proven goal scoring record. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, if if Faye hadn't turned out to be as good as he was, and that's a gamble because yep. he was coming from a lower league. You know, he wasn't you look, a striker. He was an outside forward. Yeah, and, um, when that's where he played. And you, and you look at what we were left with: Angol, Payne, and uh, <laughs> Amadi Holloway. We'd have been in serious, serious trouble if they hadn't worked out. And you yeah. know, you, you could say that, that you know it's, it's an argument that the season depended on that one gamble paying off because without his goals, we would have been really fighting. And the funny thing about that, Mike, is you talk about Faye, he obviously got a few goals in pre-season, scored two at Kidderminster, obviously, I don't know if the press guys were able to see some of the games, I think it was Kidderminster yeah. and Burnley we weren't allowed to watch, but maybe you guys went, but he scored two at Kidderminster, got a goal at Brent, against Brentford, scored another one then against Telford, which was a decent strike as I remember, so he got goals, and then it was weird how his season went, Lewis, he didn't quite get the run that you thought he might have got following some good pre-season form, especially when Payne went. And then nice for him to not get a start yeah. in the league until October the 30th, it, that day at Fleetwood, which I hope you guys weren't there, <laughs> but... We watched it on iPhone, oh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was horrendous. Um, that was an interesting afternoon. I'm looking afternoon. forward to getting to that one. <laughs> in, in fairness to them, you're never ever going to sign a proven striker. <sighs> Unless you one. get a lucky, or you get you know you sign a Brad Pittman and he just happens to want to sign for you or something like that, or yeah. you pay money. It, yeah, it's going to be, they cost four million quid. Yeah. You know, Will Grigg is the new bar for a proven <laughs> League One striker, and that's, yeah. that's fantasy football. So, I have some sympathy in where they were shopping. Um, yeah, Ockenabiri looked in player with potential certainly did really well mm. over pre-season and then disappeared because John Askey thought he couldn't play down the middle Bizarre, yeah. Shrewsbury are always shopping in the same correct me if I'm wrong going back historically but are they not always shopping in the same mm. yeah supermarket much. yeah well, I mean we, it's rare that we bring it's in outliers, you know like Dave Edwards is a, is a pretty unique example of someone that's yeah. come down still probably with a bit of pedigree and should be good next season but you know he's come back because he's connected to the club we don't have too many step down like that Holt's probably yeah. the last one really yeah, but, yeah. yeah even he was at our level at that point in time I mean, he, his career went on again yeah, when yeah, us, so yeah. it's, it's difficult Forrest. yeah we spent money on him yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but the ones that come from the top flight are yeah. young kids on loan yeah. and then well, you too uncomfortable without going too much of a tangent for me I think you know you see it now you look at um, Ladipo went to the Championships. Stefan Payne scores goals for um, conference. You go straight to the championship. Yeah. You bypass League One and League Two now. I don't think it's the same mm. things happening with goalkeepers now as well. Mm. Yeah. It's been hoovered up by the bigger clubs because they can make such a big impact. Just a word on what Mark said about the expectation being top six and not to counter him, but a lot of clubs having punched with their weight and failed in the playoffs. Our fleet was under Yeah, yeah of So, do you not think it was a a bit out of reach Which to, is, to say? Which is why I, I say I would have taken top half yeah you know but certainly flirting with it yeah to be be sitting here bemoaning where it went wrong in terms of getting into the top six rather than bemoaning where it went wrong for why we were checking our phones it's an ambition to try and put a team together what is success yeah i would say that is a big thing about the about you talk about the recruitment in but the amount of players from that excellent side that we watched that left 
we weren't left with much of the no. squad no. consistency. So yeah. how you were going to re- replicate that without at least we'll you know, from scratch, even right? losing players like a Gogo and Rodman, who I don't think they're pulling up trees anywhere else. But if they'd have kept, stayed at the club and we could have managed that same performance at them again, it might have stood us in better stead. But it was a shame to see so many move on. Shame to see so many come in because they weren't of the same quality. Did spend money though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Club record on yeah. um, Norbin. Oh, yeah. Haynes cost a fee. 650 um, grand, that's been. You know, there was yeah. there was a lot of money mm. and And you look at that, around. that list of permanent signs and actually tellingly the list of four loans. Doherty was superb, but only one of those four loans is a hit. Yeah. And the loan yeah. market is so important. And, and the other three just weren't. Um, and how Emmanuel many was of, an odd one because he did well the years but a year hmm? before he was, solid. Who was that sorry Emmanuel, Emmanuel was a yeah, really yeah yeah agreed it is odd but it's the, that's the gamble with loans isn't and it and there's like, a lot of buzz around Charlie Colkett yeah. this, this kid from Chelsea um, and even even Coleman coming from Joe Coleman coming from the Prem but the list of permanent signings you know. Yeah, but we're using highlight in retrospect, aren't we? And trying to think mm. back to where we were last season, but that, I think that's fair to be honest. With you. I mean, God, Kieran Kennedy just fell off the face of the earth, didn't he? You know, think of someone like that. And it's, there are a few signings that are going to be synonymous with that ASCII period. But we talk about preseason. We only lost one game, weirdly, you know, which was to Brentford at home, and that was a close game, two-three. I think Ryan Woods played, didn't he, in that one? And um, and yeah, so it was a decent game as far as I remember. But it didn't. It didn't. There was there were signs there and there was worries and at that point in time we weren't hearing some of the stuff that was going on in training that potentially has come out since with what Grant said around Christmas time, but I don't think any of us had an expectation and we'll go on to part two really which is sort of I called ASCII ball because I think that first nine games of the season where we didn't win for the first nine games I don't think anyone who's a Supertown fan or, or maybe you guys in the press as well probably agree with this I don't think anyone saw us not going nine without a win did they played well. Yeah. By and large, over the course of those games, I've got to be honest. The first time I heard that things aren't as good as they could be behind the scenes was a week before the start of the season. Okay, so there were already little murmurings, but then you think, okay, well, we'll we'll judge it on what we see. And for a lot of that first chunk of the season, they played some really nice football. There was a clear plan. Hmm. There was, you, you know, you could you could say that is what Shrewsbury Town are trying to do. Um, he spoke well enough. Um, and then they just weren't getting results, and it became a theme for the season, didn't it? It was both boxes, mm. errors in both penalty areas. But at least you had an idea what his identity was, and you yeah. had an idea. Four, three, three. Yeah, the structure, it. and you yeah. understand it, and yeah, and I guess why do we think he stopped? He just he gave up that. Well, I remember it. speaking with um, Mark early at the start of the season, and in that four, three, three, Haynes was. Was your left back, and and Gilead was your mm. your left winger, and, and, and remember the discipline <laughs> of the other teams coming down that side, Luton away. Luton shredded them down that side, yeah. Yeah, they they, they would have held on and won that, and there were other games, you know, where that just whole flank was getting dissected, and you know, poor Matt Sadler was having to do about four jobs. Hung out to dry, wasn't he, a little bit, and never really recovered from that, I suppose, at the start of the season. But, yeah, Mark's right, you know, I've written down here, we definitely threw points away at Luton, where they, where they should have got something out of that game. And, Weirdest and, goal ever. Yeah, the, the angle so one. funny, the goalkeeper threw it out, and he just kicked him back in <laughs> yeah. the end. And uh, Portsmouth as well, um, I think that one was away, wasn't it, where they played really well. Didn't have much luck against yeah. Portsmouth this season, but... Um, yeah, there we go. And and mistakes, Mike. You know, oh. you're going to want to talk about this, but I'd, I'd made a note here about Waterfall gave him three penalties away in the opening nine games and, and made just as many sort of goal costing mistakes. And he was really getting battered at the start of the season. Yeah, for all the for all the goals he scored in the second half of the season or to, to win <laughs> points, he threw away more than enough in the first three or four games of the season to to come out sort of a, a, a net even. Um, 
and and it, it was sort of the recurring theme for the season, which I know you've mentioned previously on your podcast, that we were finding ways not to win games. So we'd be one up and we'd chuck a penalty away or mm. we'd have an open goal and we'd spank it over the bar. And you could just see that this wasn't going to be a lucky team either. So they couldn't be good with quality, but they weren't going to, they weren't going to luck any points out of it. And it was going to be a real long, difficult season unless, unless Askew could get a grip of it, which it turned out he couldn't do in the end. So... Yeah, I mean, the mistakes in the team, it wasn't just Waterfall doing them. I mean, Sadler was a shadow of himself in the previous season. Um, like you say, Haynes, he looked scared of the ball half the time. Gilead could offer no cover, but yet <laughs> offered nothing going forward. So there was there was a lot of problems in that team and mistakes. And yeah, thinking back now, it's not it's, it's a little wonder we took so long to get our first yeah. win on the board. We just weaken every single aspect of yeah. the football team. You know, Angle was our, was our main starting striker. Where's he gone? You know, it's... Mentally, I think they were so confident drained after going two or three yeah. Yeah, at the start of that win and what did it go to? Nine. Nine, yeah. Um seven seven into that run was Man City's under sixteens, basically, mm. under fifteens. And went ahead in that game and even they equalised in the last minute. Yeah. A, a bunch of kids, really talented kids, have ground out a win uh, an equaliser against and, and the club were trying to argue that was their first win of the season beating Man City's team on yeah. the season I maintain to this it day it was worth two can't... points not three <laughs> yeah it's worth two points but not but three but we were positive we were still having I because you went on holiday didn't you I missed a lot of those games. opening games and you came back season. and I was like no this team is doing well you know there is some kind of and I guess and this is the thing you know we're just two fans we don't get the insights yes you know, we hear rumours like most fans, but you know, we don't get the insights that these guys have, and we're just watching this team trying. But well, when you look back now with hindsight, this team looked um, very fragile. Would you agree, Mark? Um, I thought they they were decent at times. I thought they played their probably the best football we've seen this season in the first ten games when That's they were getting fair. beat. You know, and the best football to watch. Yeah, this is something that I, I said in the stands, which got a bit of uh, some raised eyebrows from yourself and the guys. <laughs> you did, yeah. And I think Mark's continued with this. I've said, looking at that team in the first few games, it's technically better than it was. Okay, let's have this discussion now. Like, I wondered how long that takes. It's, 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 yeah. it's in the agenda for the fan questions, because he has been asked to yeah. ask you about I think this. But this, this is a perfect time to talk about it. Well, I don't know. You could talk about that. There is an argument to say at the end of those first games. You could say something. I think Ollie, we'll leave it to the end because I think it, it probably bears more reflection on everything else that's gone on this season. But okay. we'll, we'll come to that later on. Uh, looking at good things as well, though, we should just briefly mention it. And I know that Lewis has spoken to um, Mike and Roger recently because you gave them the award for the Shropshire Star Fan of the Year. Yeah. Well, the safe standing opened on that opening day, and obviously you guys—it's probably worth getting something because we talk about it what it's like as fans. We've experienced it now. But how much do you think it's changed the atmosphere as someone sitting in the press box in terms of your? Reflections of it across the whole stadium. I asked both of you, but go on. Do you know what? I'll never, never forget from that opening day of the season when they un, uh, unleashed the 555 blue balloons, and I got hounded on Twitter for about three months by environmentalists. <laughs> from, uh, I, I know a lot of listeners will remember that yeah. because that was so funny. Oh my gosh! Why were they? They came for me. Why were they attacking Why were they after you? Because you know, I said, "Oh, this is a nice big moment for English football." You know, <laughs> balloons flying over the stadium, videos and all that. Man, that was a we big mistake. Private messages and all sorts. I thought I was responsible for global warming. <laughs> it was no, um, yeah. I think personally, I think it's made a massive difference to the stadium. And I've seen a couple of people say this. The third game into the season was Burton at home in the cup, League Cup. We went out of. Yep. Yeah. And um, I don't know how many people would have been there. Two thousand. I, I was at that game because the West Ham was closed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the atmosphere was class. Yeah, it was really good atmosphere. It was, and it was the worst. Yeah, you know, a terrible it was game. A, it was a, it was a, a good game to kind of describe the whole season. The fans were good, 
and the yeah. team melted on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did that because the mistakes we made, we started quite well. We took the yeah, lead, yeah. and then we just kept making mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. Awful penalty, I think. yeah, awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's a debate, isn't there, with fans about nineteen versus, and you sit over near near us. We're we're all in seventeen. Where we are, we hear we're closer to safe standing. That you hear more. Yeah, about. I can't hear nineteen. Yeah, at all. could you though pre- previously? No, no. okay. Yeah, I mean, you, just uh, in fairness, you have radio, I've got headphones on, radio as well, headphones on but, <laughs> but even through through an effects mic, it's made a noticeable difference. What oh, I okay, think there is there's a different vibe coming from yeah, both ends. I totally agree they? with that. They, they sit 19, which are, who are a class fan, and the atmosphere they make, I think, is good personally. But they're and that's where the the, the vocal fans have always been. But they've been there for a reason because mm-hmm. they're. Before, there to, before our first season, I remember chatting to my mate Phil and saying, "Where should we sit?" And I said, "Not nineteens were all that work whether any echo is going to happen or any anti, you know, banter mm. between fans was always going to be there, and it's always going to stay there, isn't it?" But I think the people that are making the noise in the safe yeah. standing, it's all positive. I think that's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. It's an end to attack as well, and I think that makes a difference. Yeah. Having a proper home end mm. to attack. Because whenever we score that end, they go straight in yeah. front of the safe standing yeah. where, where they're all singing and dancing. They they celebrate up to yeah. it. It looks so great. Looks great. The players, but there's yeah. nobody in it. Yeah, you know, it just it's it's a bit of publicity as well. You know, it, it got the club in the national media mm-hmm. a lot. I don't think global. that can be underestimated. Global media, yeah. um, I think it shows that it works. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, think nothing bad to say about it. It'd be great good. if if the fans from nineteen could go behind there, and that's really yeah. I don't yeah. as a fan, I don't think it's ever going to happen. No. I think I think. For but us, for the noise, yeah, it would yeah, be good. If it was fun every week, it would be fantastic. I, I actually think that there's an opportunity there to grow a slightly different. I've noticed that away games, and you might have seen it yeah, as well. But you, you kind of have two groups of fans now starting chance. You've got the the what the guys from the safe standing who are sort of the younger generation, if you were. I think that'd be fair to say. And then you've got the guys that have always been in block eighteen, nineteen starting the chance. And actually, I found that it's made away atmospheres a little bit better as well in some respects. It's where a lot of the anti ASCII stuff came from. As yeah, well, well, we'll talk about that. The flip side of that. It, it was, as has been pointed out, I only went on safe standing once this season. It was a game actually got sacked, and there was all those horrible chants. Exactly. So still maintain I didn't start any of that, <laughs> you know, but I included myself in joining it. But there we go. This is off from from safe standing, but <laughs> and, and back on to ASCII and where we struggled. Yeah, that which, which which we'll talk about. Well, you can talk about now. Is, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, it's it's fair to say we didn't win in nine, and you know we've just talked quite positively about it. But we can't sit here and pretend that even eight nine games in, he wasn't already under pressure. And I don't remember which game it was, but I can't remember if you can either, Mark. But there was a game where Wolf, um, Wally got subbed very early on in the season. Third game of the season. Was it third? Was it there you go. that Burton League Cup game? Yeah. Oh, there was it. Was it okay? And then and obviously that was an, just a. a a snapshot of what was going on under the surface maybe a little bit never quite recovered from that no, but you always get so. fans don't you who don't like the non-coming manager I don't know why just that you always he get never got them on side, but, but I think he? ASCII was probably the had the if they were had like you know you know, like so, like politics in terms of like you know publicity, kind of what do you call it? The ratings they have, the swing on the swing on the <laughs> I'd say ASCII's was quite low for a new manager. Yeah, I think his first press conference he did was terrible. Q and never really recovered. And the Q and A, yeah, you're saying where Brian jumped in, had to jump in and answer his questions. Yeah. For me, he, you know, if you think about the managers we've had, you know, Ricketts, even Ricketts coming from Wrexham, I think started probably in a better place than Askey did. He's mm-hmm. been much more after after about three positive. a month. I'd say at the time, yeah. I really at the time, I really felt for Askey because he shouldn't really be judged by how he is in front of a camera, which is job, difficult. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I but, do then, agree. but then the thing is, uh, it's hard for the fans. Obviously, the fans can only judge you what they see. So it's the performance on the match. And it's the manager, the way they talk to the media. Surely that has resembles some kind of has a relationship to how he acts in the dressing room yeah, and on the training you've ground. You've got to be a leader, haven't you? Yes, as a manager of a football club, you've got to lead that football club. You're the figurehead. If you can't get the players on side, 
which he clearly couldn't. If you can't get the fans on side, any credit you've built up in your in your manager bank account goes away pretty quickly, and then you're in debt, and then you're really fighting. And that, and that, that kind of brings on, and we'll still talk about this Ashley issue, because we come on to part three, which I call death of a manager, because obviously we had the first nine games without a win, and then he did get his first win, but it, it was, and it got slightly better, you know, it'd be fair to say, we probably had the best results under Ashley during that period, before he got sacked, weirdly, but... Probably Mike, he just said he should get sacked, to yeah, but, winning the game. exactly, but Mike was right there, I think, that he didn't have that credit, because of those first nine games on the pitch, and he didn't have any credit because of the way that fans had taken to him, and it was almost like he really needed something special to say, himself around that it point was all, it was all behind the scenes his own coaches didn't rate him and his senior pros didn't rate him mm, yeah, yeah. and that no matter what your fans think of you no matter what your results are if your own coaches <laughs> and your own senior pros go we're not having you is that the impression you have then yeah, no, massively, and they've all come out since and said. Grant said it, yeah. You could see it on the pitch as well. There were so many little two or three man conversations when the ball was going out or the, an opposition player was down. They'd be trying to work out what they were well, doing. They'd be I chatting. Had stories in preseason. He couldn't make them stand in a line. Yeah, he had no authority, <laughs> no authority at all. Really, there was clear discipline yeah. problems, wasn't there? Players organising extra training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ta- tactical. Yeah. You know, knowing what they're supposed to be doing or playing. Was that video as well? Wasn't there pre-season of Warley and Payne running around and stuff as well? And I think wasn't Payne attacking yeah. Warley in the video or something <laughs> when they were away? God Things knows. like that coming through. Which, yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were, which but, never would have happened under her. You can't imagine yeah. that. And it, uh, defending and attacking set pieces, we were never under the ball, and we would lose our man all the time. So people didn't know who they were supposed to be marking. It just seemed completely disorganised, didn't it? Yeah. Thinking old back now, school it's all coming flooding back now. Yeah. Very old school. It sounded like for everything we really listened to and. Um, We'll get on to what Rickers thinks of it because we've obviously had a bit of a f- feedback on that really. But um, yeah, we'll go on to this, this next bit then, Death of Manager, where there was like, I think it was eight or nine, well, sort of ten, ten games I think it was before we got to Salford in the FA Cup at home, which was obviously where things took a, a turn for the worse really. But what, what stands out to you in that game there? We talked about wanting to cover Fleetwood, but there's also Walsall away. There's a few interesting games in that period. Well, I don't know, Mike, what, which, which ones stand out to you really? It's funny when, don't ask me too many times what games stand out during this podcast because <laughs> there aren't many for the entire season to be you honest You came to Walsall with us, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't go to Walsall. Oh, yeah, I go. gave up on going away pretty early doors. Yeah, like the South End win at home. Purely because it was a win. First win. Um, first win and first that, you know, I remember that purely because walking out and going, okay, can we build on this yes. now? Can we get somewhere? Is this the turning point? It turned out not to be. No. We lost the immediate game afterwards. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, of that period. And then my, my next memory is really the, the Salford game where um, we sort of give them the yeah. boot. Yeah. Comes that, because there's a few other games in there. I mean, yeah. there was a game against Accrington, um, Ollie, that we talked about on the podcast, where they went down to 10 men very early. And, yeah, we and were, even though we won, and it was a win, and we were supposed to be positive we about it, it was, so lucky it was a game where we came game. away feeling like, we got dodged we a bullet there. We were so lucky yeah. that game. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Really lucky. Because they, they stopped that game. Accrington were the best team we'd seen. For yeah, they were good. Clark <laughs> was brilliant. immense, wasn't he? Mm. I, that, I was actually Fair in safe standing for that mm. game. Uh, yeah, so it was one of the, when I went in safe standing to experience it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. absolutely, they were immense. I thought they were they were bailed, nailed on yeah. for promotion if that's how they played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, well, they were nailed on for promotion until about... Yeah, yeah they February. dropped like a stone, yeah, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at yeah. this stage, Leango got had got four goals yeah. by Gillingham, which was mid to late September. About four in seven or something, and... And then he doesn't get seen, and Askey's getting a bit of pelters there. Askey's getting a bit of pelters because he's not starting for Jiri, mm. who's scoring in all these Central League Cup yeah, behind yeah. closed doors. Patrick in the tra- in the EFL Cup as well during that period yeah. as well. Um, yeah, but I think going back to the recruitment, I think Angor one of several perhaps who you know were brought in, and you can see why almost because Good of player. potential that he had showed at, at Peterborough um, and the ability he's got, but. You know, up here, Actually, yeah, 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 and and I think you could see, you know, and we were hearing, but you could see that um, some of them were not 
interested in doing the dirty and you know it, it straight away it wasn't going well they weren't interested in going the extra yard to turn it around you seem very fit over Mickey Mellon used to talk about the right DNA, didn't he, Mark? Do you remember? And oh, it, Mickey Mellon used to talk a lot about the right <laughs> DNA. <laughs> and it just felt like if you yeah. were Mickey Mellon, you hadn't got the right DNA during this, this period under Askey. And yeah, these, these results if, come if out. If you're Shrewsbury Town Manager, the only way you're going to sign somebody is because there's something wrong with them yeah. for League One. <laughs> Whether that's they've got the ability but they haven't got something else, they're injury prone, or their, their attitude's questionable, or whatever. Mm. There's a few in this squad over the course of the season that's attitude has been questionable mm. and you have John Askey John Askey certainly wasn't the type of character who could get them going in the right direction I, I think time. mentality in the players that League One Shrewsbury signed is, is everything that's massive that's yeah, why they were so good last it's the season it's so much before. bigger than ability really yeah because I think the players are all pretty much much of the must and it's, it's that mentality yeah. and that togetherness yeah. and that structure which and, the man- and how the manager yeah, the bring man- them together the, man- the manager is, has a probably a bigger impact and probably this level maybe than other levels. Yeah. It's possibly why at the start it looked like good football because there was decent, talented ability. Sun's out, nice pitches, start yeah, the season, everything's yeah. rosy. Yeah. Good point. We couldn't stop making mistakes is the problem. And the only time they could turn up after that was when the FA Cup cameras came along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the ability was always there. Yeah, the true enough. These games you're talking about though, one's just jumped at me again. I can't believe that that Barnsley result where we won 3-1 at home oh, and looked so good. Was, I, I convinced myself that was a... Well, that, saved him, that saved him for a long time. I yeah, I'm surprised that that's an Askey e- result. Even in that one, they went 2-0 up, they were brilliant yeah. first half. Then Barnsley got a goal back, mm. and they went up the other end, scored a set piece, and they not, Barnsley win 3-2. Yeah. And just in that group of games, Oxford. Oxford. Oxford wow. was terrible. And then even... 3-0. Wimbledon, where... Yeah. I mean, they were awful, Wimbledon, at that, that stage in town. Huffed and puffed, and again, two goals off... Two set pieces. They, even then, I think we we're standing there going, "Well, it'll either be tonight or it'll be next week." But it's going. All sorts have come out before. Yeah, Wimbledon yeah, he was going. That was, he was uh, going by then. Cause, yeah, well, cause I, when, I remember a lot of fans went when it was after Stockington. Then you had to try, and for me, Fleetwood was the big one yeah. because Fleetwood. Um, I was watching it and I follow, and you basically just the team was just all over the place. You're playing almost like a high line. You had Waterfall Sadler, no pace. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Barton was if he was playing you know, football chess was like two, three steps ahead of Askey the whole game. Yeah. He kept changing things, then the new change stuff and completely dominate. He got schooled by a manager. I think he managed about 12 games at this point. No, he, played, he, he, played, he, he played a 4-4-2 that day. Yeah, he yeah, did. That's fair and that was the first time. And, and Because of the wind, Lewis. This, well, this isn't defending <laughs> Askey, this is not. But I think, and I seem to remember him saying, and remember fans just being like, can we play fourth? Fans were asking for it, whether it was a, a diamond or whatever. Mm. Fans wanted two strikers up front. You know, and he he bowed to what they wanted, which is a strange thing. But to everyone say. didn't he come out afterwards and say, "Hold my hands up, I got it wrong there." He like, did. Well, yeah, don't listen to the fans yeah, in the first yeah. place. Then. Yeah, you know, what, be your own man. <laughs> what was it after Sunderland? They'd apparently had a meeting and said. He's going. The players at some point. No, the club. Oh, okay. And Not it was Sunderland. just. Oh, oh, I guess. Yeah, they lost two at home, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And they'd had a meeting, and, and from there you knew when. And then we beat Barnsley. Beat. And then Barnsley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, it is true. I mean, that run there, we'll just run through it so people know, but we obviously we, we lost at home. We lost away to Fleetwood 2 1. Then we lost at home to Sunderland 2 0. Then, as Ollie said, we beat Barnsley 3 1. Then we had the 3 0 smashing away at Oxford. We luckily, as we just talked about, beat Wimbledon, and then we got onto the Salford game. And to me, you know, they've been this build, this build, this build. But it, I think Ollie was right to point out that that Fleetwood game was definitely a sea change for us as, as yeah. fans. Um, that was at the point where I felt like it tipped from 
you know, being 10, 20% of people thinking we should probably move on quickly here to at least 50-50 and if not, going towards Aski out. And that, that for me was the game that really tipped it just because of how abject that performance was. They played slightly better in the second half when he changed it, but it was just so bad that first half that it, it cemented a lot of people's thoughts. And you say that run, without Barnsley, he would probably would have gone in October. Yeah. Um, and if he hadn't, if he hadn't have um, got those two late goals against Wimbledon, he was gone that night. I remember tweeting at half-time, they, they they didn't they, they, when Wimbledon scored they ran over to their manager and they all celebrated with him and I was like and they were in similar trouble to us they were yeah, second yeah, bottom at the time and I was saying you know when we scored they didn't run over to him and then they, the second goal they celebrated in front of the fans which was fair enough but you, you could see at half time when they were walking off you were just like dead man walking there's no Everyone way he was going, going. Yeah. although it was horrible at the Meadow <laughs> from the third game of the season onwards yeah. and in terms of I think had I don't know whether it was stuff was was getting out and and people mm, knew it does more, at this club. but yeah, it does. But had he been doing the right things off the pitch and the results were just like that, mm. I don't think it was why he got sacked. I mean, the guy from Sky blamed me for getting the sack. <laughs> Entirely sure how that was, but you know, they the fans wouldn't have given him a chance even mm. if he had been doing it. Mm. At least he didn't blame me. <laughs> The first, wow. the first vocal ASCII chants out were at the Oxford home game, so that was two before we went, really. And then, obviously, it was much worse at Salford. And it's probably worth us getting on to that Salford game now because that was, you know, we talked about toxic atmospheres and we probably had one very similar with Ricketts later on in the season, which he has a, we dodged, really, if you think about it. But that, um, that, that Salford game was, was really bad, I thought. And we went in safe standing that day, didn't we? Yeah. And everyone tried to make an atmosphere at the start, you know, tried to get us on. It was the cup. There was like a little bit of a breath of fresh air. And as that game wound on and it became more and more stilted and... Just unconnected and, and just wasn't good. The software weren't very good. No, they kept they, giving yeah. the ball away. Yeah, it was a poor we were game. Tackling them constantly to show you that yeah. you know it's a big golfer and to still not do something to show this team was corrupt. It was, it was interesting being in safe standing that yeah, day because we were much closer to the dugout. So you yep. get a much better view of, of Askey's body language and his, and his sort of interaction with the players on the pitch. And he looked like he was just waiting for the game to finish. Maybe he already had his own head that there wasn't little that he could do to save his job. And he didn't. He didn't really seem to try to do anything during that match. And mm. he was trying to ignore the Askey out chance, but you could almost see him grinding his teeth on the touchline. He was, yeah, it was. It was an interesting <laughs> case study in, in how man acts oh, under pressure. And, and for a couple of weeks, the guy's got a long contract. He's waiting to get sucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not even a two-year deal. Three, three, three yeah, three. Yeah. Mental thought, looking back, isn't it? I thought Salford was strange because I didn't really hear, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, the, and it goes against what Mike's just said, but the negativity chants during the game. When it came no, out full time, to games, me, it was yeah. quite I don't, I don't think in the, yeah. game, I don't think in the I, games. It was very it takes for Wickham, fans a long time to get to that point. Online, there was a lot of anti. I, the, the fans have been split all year, and under Askey, I've never seen them that split. I, One result went one way online was flooded yeah. went the other way it was flooded again I was trying to reflect that yeah there wasn't so much anti out chanting but it started off really positive and stay standing and yeah, the atmosphere yeah. degraded as the game went on you know it, it, was it wasn't it was, it was so flat it was unbelievable remember two very clear for me being in the stand it's a lot clearer than you guys mm. further away um F off Askey is yeah, what I'm saying. So much very clear. And it was it was at moments just when like that one angry person yeah. sort of shouting. No, it was it was five or six oh. you know, it was a concentrated like a few rows of I was ready at five o'clock by yeah. then. <laughs> you know, the Well he came out were horrendous. I can, I can and he came out a pop at the press after the game, didn't he? Because I remember the, the the name of our podcast that week is um Fans turn on ASCII and ASCII turns on the press and I thought yeah. well, we've made their jobs very difficult, Mark and Lewis after this <laughs> one, but it, I don't know, he was kind of Grasping at straws a little well, bit after that one, it yeah, felt like. You know, yeah. when that starts happening, yeah. you, the manager's in trouble. But what I remember starting phonings with, look, let's talk about football and not <laughs> the guy. Yeah, yeah I got a lot of... it, was, it was bile. 
Mm. Mm. And I've, I've, never, I've never known it like this season for that actually. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't without without merit though, because yeah. I can remember that game. Southwood weren't that good. They had, I remember they had a, a full back and, and the centre half playing on the same side. They were terrible, and it was it was obvious that we should have been targeting oh, yeah. that. And we almost played away from them, and we played no football, and we were we were struggling with it. It was it was a strange and that split game. in the fan base as well. Yeah, I remember getting pelters for being too positive mm. when I said there's a decent mm. team somewhere mm. in here, and then getting pelters for saying, look, it's time he went. Or, well, I don't think I ever actually said that. I don't think I ever said that about a manager. But he's under pressure. I, I would expect him to go. Yeah, it was um, really, it was really, really divided, wasn't it? It is yeah. divided, and there's still people now who say we sacked him too early. It was just turn around because at the time, his record, yeah, we still get that. We were 18th. We were 18th, and let's be honest, we didn't get higher than 15th in the entire season. So that was one of our higher finishes, to be honest with you, in terms of an end of end of uh, you know football weekend. But yeah, we were 18th at that time. We had 18 points, I think, from whatever it was, 10 or 11 games on that one. So it was. It still wasn't a great record, and it, and it was better than what Ricketts did in his first game, which is games. bizarre when you talk about that. But we'll, we'll come to that as we walk through. But yeah, there are people who will still maintain it. But I, I think everyone has to take their own judgment. And I, you know, we've talked about a lot of actually now. And one of the last questions is going to be what were, what were our thoughts on where it all went wrong? I suppose we've covered most of them. Has anyone got any other thoughts about what else he could have done or what else went wrong? I think well, I think probably quicker to do what did he do right? Well, do you know what we haven't discussed regards asking Go on. staff. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued by that. So they Just, weren't really behind him, you'd say. Um, well, he brought in John Fyland, didn't he? John Fyland and Pilkinson. Just an odd... Pilkinson, yeah. Who had never been yeah. a coach, he just yeah. retired, hadn't he? John Fyland, didn't, they didn't know each other all that well. No. They seemed very really? strange. Having a sister manager, you don't really know. It was a strange dynamic. A really strange and dynamic. A strange relationship between staff and players, I think. Yeah. Do you, I mean, one of the things is, is ironic because he's at Port Vale now, we're a big club as well. But you know, there was a lot of people saying, "Oh, it just feels like moving from Maxwell to us was too big of a jump for him," and that seems bizarre because there's not much of a gap between Maxwell and Shrewsbury in terms of league positions. But I think it, it was more about going from that Manchester Manchester area, wasn't he? yeah, but family well, he, he was a legend there. Exactly. Yeah, thirty four years. Exactly, it's a, it's a completely different it's thing. His first time in moving away. Yeah. yeah, and and maybe this that experience will stand him in better stead for what he's getting on with at Vale now. I suppose. I but, think it is. It's. The players that turned on him were the players who had played higher mm. and knew what decent coaching was. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I think the players that he brought up the leagues with him, he might have been slightly more able to keep on side for a little bit longer. But again, mm. Danny Coyne has been very outspoken about his failings. Um, the players have. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's key, isn't it? Recruitment, training, yeah. and, and man management. He's got a lot wrong. Yeah. 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 There we go. It's interesting. It, it was a very interesting time being a huge town fan. We've not been through many times like that. You know, We've obviously been supporting these clubs since, since we were younger. Obviously, you've, you've come on and, at the press in the last five, ten years and, and seen what you've seen. But we've, very, we've never sacked a manager that early into the season since I've been younger. And I think I went back and did research. It hardly ever happened. And a newly appointed. A newly appointed manager, what, 14, 15 games into it. it, and, it and it does show you that there was something, you know, that we've gone through all these things. It's just a combination of all those things that really forced the issue, I think, and, and got us to where we were. But obviously, yeah, post post Salford, Roland brought him up to the boardroom, had the uh, had the thanks. Do you want the rest of your three years <laughs> now, or should we talk about? Uh, you say that, but we don't know what was in the terms. <laughs> Who I doubt knows? it. They yeah. had Who terms knows? for the more than so. twelve months. If they have the real numpties, but I hope they haven't had <laughs> a deal where they where you have. A, a maximum Ollie. cap of twelve months. <laughs> they can be numpties at this point. But as a, but as a, <laughs> we're as a, a big year from that someone who spends their time negotiating contracts, you'd never do surely do more than you twelve wouldn't. months. But you know, I've seen it done. <laughs> he could be a very rich man now, Ollie. Let's believe it at that. And who, who knows? Which is a man in Burslem. Do we do we think that he went after that game because of the? Reaction at full time. Yeah. Say if the reaction at full time was just sort of muted and just kind of been nice for him, kind of. 
Because I think Roland had, had seen it was any, that any it was turning by then. You know, there were yeah. people queuing up to go and, and tell the chairman and the yeah. chief executive well, that this isn't working. Oh, they were the chatting yeah. the crowd, Roland you know, sorted out as well. And Roland's he, quite sensitive to those, yeah. I get the feeling. Yeah. Bang on. If, yeah. it tur- if anything ever yeah. turns on the chairman, he takes it very personally and normally acts. And it didn't quite happen, Ricketts. It didn't quite get to that no, point. Sure. I think he was that's why his weekly summary well, of again. online chats. Barnsley scuppered them on a Tuesday night. He would have gone on Tuesday. Well, do you remember the report in the National Publication saying, Yeah, claim Shrewsbury can't afford to suck? The manager, <laughs> and then it's it went to contract. Wimbledon, and but well, then Brian came out, and yeah, we did and a lot of press. That. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's a three-year deal. The guy wasn't going to walk. They needed an excuse to sack him, and they mm. went and beat Barnsley. Mm. And everybody had to wait another couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah, we didn't even lose against Salford either. So <laughs> <laughs> he got sacked after a win and a draw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. really funny when you look at the back of the results when you yeah you're doing all these stuff prep for the pod. You look at it, and then yeah, the results were getting better, there, and that's where I think the people who think should have given some more time. Those results yeah. at the end of his reign suggest that he... Well, his penultimate game, where they won at Wimbledon in the last minute, he didn't come out and do the press. No, I remember. He sent Fylan, mm. um, and, you know, transpired, he, he didn't know what his situation was. Wow, yeah, interesting. It was an interesting time. I think that's, that's, it's been, we've covered it well there, I think, in terms of... It's been good to get a little bit of feedback from behind the scenes as well, actually, because obviously as fans, we can tell you what the vibe was off the terraces, and you've kind of got a bit of a stiss. It's quite, it's quite good to put a bit of that to bed. But yeah, he was gone, and then it was, it was all thoughts to what would happen next. And obviously... It was quite an extended period of time. So we called part four Danny Coyne's Barmy Army um, because things suddenly picked up, didn't they? Obviously, he had, uh, what was it, six games in charge, five wins. You know, you can't really shake a stick at that. And there's no one at the football club who will ever say anything against him. But Danny Coyne did a good job there, didn't he? I would say he did. Yep. I would say the players actually started to run and (laughs) tackle and pass the ball and put the ball in the back of the net. Um, for me, yeah, Daniel Coyne did fantastic, and yeah, if I met him, I'd say thanks for you know for those wins because we'd be in League Two now. Yep. But I think while he did a good job, you got to remember his record from last time, which was pretty terrible. Poor. Win. Um, and for me, I think this is all about player reaction. You saw it Man United with Solskjaer, and I think this was a very this is a League One equivalent of players putting in some yards. I don't know what you, what, what Lewis and Mark, what do you think about that? Uh, yes, I think there's an element of that. I think last time he was in charge. You know, they were lumping balls at George Waring. Yeah, there's, you know, a, big, a, big was, there's a big point I've missed <laughs> there. That's yeah. all we ever did with George Waring. a much, much better team that he took over. If I yeah. never see that midfield diamond again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> but in fairness to Danny Coyne and Eric Ramsey... I was going to say, that's what I missed out. That was a big thing I missed, um, Eric Ramsey. As caretakers, they did a phenomenal job. Mm. I don't think you could have done no. an awful lot more as yeah. caretakers. I think, I think they changed a lot when they went into to train and sort of sorted them out and, and, and drilled them into yeah yeah actually drilled them into fitness uh, yeah, had to improve training they, 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 they I remember Coyne's interview do you remember yeah. that Danny Coyne interview where he didn't really hold back in yeah. what he said about how team he, meetings didn't he yeah yeah stuff like that every, every, every Coyne in, uh, interview I can remember was done after the match it was all about levels levels we've got to be there's better levels we've got to improve our levels here and it was saying without saying they haven't been training they've got no tactics they've got no shape and we're, we're bringing that in now and I think you're probably doing him a slight disservice, Ollie, because if you were going to say Askey was ultimately responsible for the performance of the players that got him sacked, then Coyne and Ramsey must be well, that's it. 
in part responsible for the, the massive turnaround in such a short space of time no, no, okay, by they got improving the stuff behind the scenes. They, they got the difficult characters yeah. to buy in. And off the pitch. It, it purged a lot of the bad atmosphere there was as well by getting Coyne in, who was well liked at the club for the service that he's given us. And it just, it meant that they had a little bit of space to breathe the players, which probably let them play with a little bit more freedom. But the, the direct comparison is that last game with Ascii at Salford, which was dire, we played pretty much the same Salford team away on a Tuesday night, yeah. live on TV, and we put a good performance in in that night. We scored a couple of good goals. Obviously, Doherty was one of the goals of the season. And I went to that game and I was, I was impressed. You could see they were more lively. You, you, it was just night and shade from comparing those two games, really. And, you know, it, it, they obviously boosted up. The new manager bounced, but obviously Coyne got that rather than Ricketts, which is the interesting thing about yeah. it, I suppose. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. But, um, yeah, one of the things I picked up during this period was, when we haven't really talked about it, was we had a bit of a curse this year, Mike, of old players scoring against us. Yeah. And Wickham... El Abd and Jacobson, obviously Eves and a, a fair few of them this season. It's a bit yeah. annoying. It's, it's been, I did, again, a bit of research. It's the most we've had an ex-player ex score against us nine so many times a season for, for about the last 15 years. Didn't Payne score against us while he was at Bristol and then, Could have done. And then yeah. came back and didn't score? Incredible that Stefan Payne started the season with Shrewsbury. Yeah. <laughs> went, went permanently to well, a team, scored at it, Shrewsbury. Yeah, and in, in fairness, back and as much score. as there's been a lot of questionable decisions off the pitch, selling him and then loaning him back... <laughs> was a piece of genius <laughs> financially <laughs> for those who don't know he couldn't have played for anyone else could he because no. he wouldn't have played for Shrewsbury yeah. well, but he's ready yeah, for Bristol suppose, yeah. he can't yeah. play for someone else so Shrewsbury were like well, well we'll give you I don't know 10 quid a week and that, they yeah. were better off then yeah. no. you see, and that's for me that was one of the interesting ones where Stefan Payne was quite well liked because obviously he scored goals and he had a good record and that was another reason I think why people were against Ashley because they were using things like Payne that he would gone and people didn't really know why there was no real explanation why players were going something for a lot of money it was a 400k yeah, yeah. there was a rumour incredible yeah. you know the numbers bandied around and you uh, for Stefan Payne mm. yeah I, 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 I've always liked Payne. I, 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 you know, when he were left, I remember being a bit miffed about it, thinking what we were left with, because at that point in time, he had two untried yeah. players and, and the bloody shop, and you're thinking, Christ, we're in trouble here. But in retrospect, I suppose it has worked out better, and, and he couldn't force his way back in the team when he came back, so I suppose you can't really argue that too much. But talking to strikers, during this period under um, under Coyne and Ramsey, it was when we actually got Faye going a bit better in terms of a, a good run of form. So he scored two against Salford, scored against Wickham, um, and we lost 3-2 away, scored against Plymouth, um, and it seemed to be that Doherty and Faye actually at this period of time really picked it up Doc had been pretty solid but I think he definitely was good during this period as well and I think they were two key players for us this season Lewis and, and I think Coyne maybe brought the best out of them a little bit and, and that affected the way that they played the rest of the season Yeah I remember Coyne just saying in interviews he's just a goal scorer hmm? I, I, don't know, I do not know what the answer is in why he didn't play under Askey <laughs> I, I really so don't given that he scored in pre-season given that he was scoring in all these Friendly cup games. He must have been scoring in training as well. He's didn't think he was big enough. Didn't think he could play down the middle. Straight, yeah, was the I reason went, I was given. I went to that really interesting. Pre- I went to the Brentford pre-season game, and he looked like the best player on the pitch for both sides. He looked like a proper footballer. Yeah. He was direct, and he lashed one in from you know just outside the box. Yeah, wasn't right. in the team. I, though, yeah. I, sorry, I do remember what Ask Mark Wright and what Askey was saying in in that he wasn't physically like big enough, ready, ready enough, mature enough coming from the conference. But I mean, he showed he was. He mm. showed he was. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's only a month and a half later, Sunderland are trying to buy him off. It was, in first, the it was his first window. signing. <laughs> it was his first signing, which something we haven't talked about. Well, I suppose we have in his recruitment, but he had some hits. Mm. How, you know, we, we never know how many. You know, is Ockenberry one hundred percent an ASCII signing, or is he an Adam Henshaw signing, who's head mm. of recruitment, or, or a scout? It's hard to say. But who signed him? Was Doug Loft. That's what we all know. <laughs> we just say Askey signed John all the crap Askey ones and, and the well, club signed all the good well, ones. Well, obviously, Greg, Greg, Greg Doherty, you know, yeah. I, I imagine that Brian Cordwell had a lot to do with it. I imagine so, yeah. Half a million um, pound player as well, in fairness, when he moved to Rangers. Mm. This is a kid. Doug Loft. 
<laughs> but what's to say? Dreams. Just two things though on this period though, where I kind of think goes in terms of the players and stuff. Is one is we played two teams that got relegated, and Rochdale that were going to get relegated at one point. Um, and for me, Wickham, we went to Wickham away, and while I don't really like their manager, he's another manager that Wiley. knows how Wiley and, and mm-hmm. he just tactically beat us in that game. You know, we we can we couldn't get out, we couldn't play football, um, and they just completely controlled us. I think the chance to draw that game, they're really right at the end. Yeah, they yeah. they did yeah. a job job on them around the sides of the diamond. When we, when yeah, scored, we thought, hey, we're going to another one. The reason they they played thirteenth, seventeenth, twenty first, twenty fourth was a game too far. Yeah, and they yeah they did a job on and the job game on. too far for me is that's where it was is the players basically ran the hearts out for a few games. We got a few points, which and in the end was good good job we got them. But then I think then we ran out of time. There's, there's a re- it's a reasonable run of fixtures, isn't it? It's a yeah, pretty kind run of fixtures. Mm. And, got, got um, and I remember Ricketts saying when he came in, we've got a run of not-so-good fixtures now. Almost sort of he setting was, He himself, was very but, careful to but, say, look at the games you've just had and the games yeah, I've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were 15th at that point Maybe in time. He missed it. He could, he could see what was coming. <laughs> yeah. Well... I don't think he could have seen what was coming next, but I'd say we were fifteenth at that point in time. You know, that was the that's as high as we got all season. Um, we were there on later on in December against Coventry. Just ten off the players, seven off relegation, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So you we know, that we was fairly mid. You're looking up the table at that point. Exactly, and you know we'd started scoring goals. We'd scored two, three, three, two, two, one. So we'd we'd been scoring a few more, not conceding as many two clean sheets in those last two games in the point around many mistakes, And then suddenly we hear, you know, we've we've obviously been talking about what's going on, on the pitch, but during this t- time period we've had. All sorts of names being discussed as next year's town manager. We've had Paul, <laughs> Paul Hurst in the background of everything, you know, the machinations of bringing back or not, and, and the issues with Brian. And, you know, me and Molly have talked about this ad infinitum, but I suppose it's worth putting it around the table, really, because he was available. He'd been sat by Ipswich by this point. Do you think, take away, as a football manager, do you think you would have wanted him back up, Mark? As a man and a football manager, I'd have wanted him back every day of the week. There There's go. only one person who didn't well, in the yeah. club. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, and it didn't happen. <laughs> What about you? I mean, you know, there was there were a lot of names out there, but you know, at the time, it felt, felt like it, it, without all those historionics in the background, it felt like it was it was a sensible choice. But you can understand why it didn't happen for, for various reasons. But you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not putting words in anyone else's mouth. No, no, no. it, was, it was it was what was being discussed at the time, really, and we're reflecting the season. It's why quite, wouldn't you it's, clear it's, your desk? It's, it's, it's quite. Uh, it. <laughs> it's, it's quite symbolic. Leave your stuff there, are you? It's quite symbolic. This is happening like a couple of hours after he's gone. Yeah, so he's now Scunthorpe manager. You should say that. Yeah, him, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, well. I agree with Mark in that I would have pointed him and had him back. Mm, yeah, but not agreed in the fan base. It's fair to say, you know, it, it would have been a polarizing choice. I think. Yeah, I think it would have been a polarizing choice. There's so many people at this level. You know, there's so many people you could go and recruit from. There's such a wide pool. He was the best manager available at the time, and we know. And, 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 and the, the, fa- <laughs> the fans that that maybe would have been against it yeah, would have I, been won over think, with a few results. Yeah, I think a few results on, would have turned it On right. the flip side, while I do think he was the best manager available, there's no saying he would have repeated what he did with a no, different, no, different, no, different group of players. Do we know if he would have con- wanted to come back? I think it, that's yeah, fairly, yeah. fairly, yeah. He wanted to yeah. come back. Okay. Yeah, you mean, there was vibes, wasn't there, from yeah. different bits of speech you read in the press. So. I've heard there's rumours that Doig was chatting to the chairman. Who were you wanting in, Mike, if it wasn't Hurst? Was anyone else knocking their names like around you interested in all? I don't Gary know Bowyer? enough about Gary lower league managers. I don't know <laughs> who these people are. Gary Bowyer? I think you were Gary Bowyer all the way, weren't you? I heard somebody told me that he <laughs> Gary Bowyer would have been um, I would have, I was just, I would have had Hurst back. I think at the end of the previous season podcast, I said, I never have him back. He's done the dirt. Yeah, he's yeah. unbelievable. And then I, I was very tail between the legs. Just somebody go and get him. You know, we need him. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have any other names in the in the, in the in my hat. Certainly not Sam Ricketts, 12 games in at Wrexham. I think Bowie would have been a, a good appointment. Mm. Having said that, look, 
how this worked out for him, who seems to love a crisis club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There were other names, weren't there? Darren Ferguson. He, um, he, 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 t- he only well took a short-term contract, though, yeah. Because apparently yeah. he didn't want a job. Yeah. He didn't want a job and he wanted a short-term something. Yeah, there was Ferguson and Hopkins as well, wasn't yeah, there? They, they, went, they went with their model, Hopkins. which, yeah. in fairness to the club, they followed their model. Well, it's strong, what they've got, it's their idea. A strong name is Michael Flynn. Newport. Yes, yeah. he's done really oh, well. Yeah, that was um, he, he was one of my favourite ones. He, he had a uh, his stock was high around then, maybe a bit later mm. in January when he won the yeah, FA Cup running. Yeah. I think at one point had them in a very decent League Two position. Oh, they're, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, 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 they're they're playoff 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, they So I think they dipped, and I think he's got them back up. Great yeah, job. Small budget as if well. he gets them into League One, that is a yeah unreal job. But it wasn't to be for any of those managers. It was Sam Ricketts that was the man to step forward, and obviously. Came in and, and, and funny enough, a bit not not quite as polarising as Paul Hurst would have been, but Wrexham connotations, Wolves connotations, Telford connotations. There was a few fans that took against him from the off as well and didn't make it the easiest thing for him. But I think the main one of the main differences with him is, um, I, I, speaking on my behalf, is I, I went to his first Q and A like I did with Asky, and and the vibe was very different. I didn't suspect he'd be any better or worse of a manager, but he came across as someone with a bit more about him, and I think that maybe that helped initially in some of his press interviews and stuff that he did. I, I don't know, maybe I'm just talking on my behalf. But um, obviously he got a win uh, in his first game as well, which probably helped in the EFL Cup game, and then he got a win against Coventry three games later. So he kind of kept that form. He was still 15th there. So there was a combination of things that meant he, he started with a reasonable amount of faith from the fans. Obviously this run we're about to get into now in Part 5 didn't help, but he came in... Yeah, I'm not disappointed. And there was also there was that there was also the, the continuity, wasn't there, that Coiny and yeah. Eric Ramsey yeah. were staying around, so the fans quite like that. But was, but you're right to point out there was a lot of negative um aspects of the appointment with hmm? the local clubs. The clamour of give Coiny the job, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he didn't, didn't want it then. And Eric Ramsey as well, which Which I, I thought was strange. a bit strange. Like Bless, how old is how old is he? Like twenty three, as old as he looked yeah. like. But still, he hasn't managed anywhere. He could destroy his career, like that guy who went to Hearts, who destroyed yeah, his yeah. career overnight. Yeah. Um, went there, got sacked, and he's a coach now. At another another club. It took there. a long time, didn't it? I think it took too it's long. Fair to say, he wasn't first choice yeah. among mm-hmm. certainly certain people at the club. It took um, a month, but yeah. he got the job. Um, I think it was a continuity appointment. I but think there was a lot of that in it. The, the results were buying them time, weren't they? And the, the results yeah, absolutely yeah, exactly. bought them time. And actually you would have happily sort of left them for another few mm. weeks, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but, yeah, but we moved on to part five and we're just getting into this now, really, Ricketts and the, and the FA Cup distractions and, and this is a tale of two I things, really. I for that. What? <laughs> Yo, you talking, yeah. distraction. Well, let's, let's start with that then. Was the FA Cup a distraction this yes. season? Well, but it was, maybe, was it, maybe, maybe a welcome one. Distraction no, from no, what? No, no, from the, but my, from the my, league my, form. You know, my whole my argument... Form. Well... <laughs> It tailed off significantly as soon as we got into that FA Cup run. The FA Cup's a distraction every season. We're never going to win it. Like, at some point, we're going to get knocked out. It's a For me, the issue of two things, when I think if you're in a relegation fight, I think cup runs become a negative distraction because you, you know for the emotion, we seem to do well in the cup and it was a distraction, but we couldn't replicate it in the league. It's An FA Cup is a good distraction if you can replicate it and you build a bit of form. And my other issue, my own issue, my main issue was, and my main view why I said the FA Cup was a distraction, is I didn't think the team was fit enough. Yeah. So playing that game in the week or yeah. game on Saturday, then having the extra games for me was just playing the tank. Two I reverse. got absolute pelters for saying it's <laughs> a distraction. And, and Ricketts has come out and said it is a distraction and the results just never picked up. I agree with the second point massively in that I had sympathy with Ricketts in when he spoke about the schedule. But he never did. He, in fairness to Ricketts, he never came out and said the players were unfit because that would have been too easy. He never did that. No, he, he clearly wasn't. He rightly fit. said how busy the schedule was. Now, could he have rotated his rotation? Well, he did <laughs> rotate during this period, yeah. which was one of the difficult um, things, yeah. 
but but you at that point you would have understand understood why you would have rotated and actually was it well, it was a second Wolves game jumping a bit forward yeah and then Bradford a couple of uh, wait no sorry the first Wolves game and then Bradford a couple of days later where he kept the same eleven because he wanted to reward them for how well yeah. they played I, against Wolves and then they were clearly shattered yeah I think it was, uh, something about FA Cup games like that like the, the the really dramatic comeback against Stoke and the sort of the the, the local derby Premier Home League team Wolves was great. And it, yeah, I think Wolves rather um, not apart from being physically tired or not physically fit now, they expend a lot of mental energy, I think, the footballers on on those sort of games. You know, It's difficult to come down after that Stoke comeback and it's it's very difficult to concentrate on something else when you're going to go and play at a Premier League ground and pitch yourself against Premier League footballers. So I think that not just the physical tanks were drained, I think probably the mental tanks took a bit of a hammer in then as well. Well, we, you know, we'll, we'll come to talking about the Cup games a bit more because obviously they're probably two of the standout moments or three of the standout games of the season happened during this period. But it's fair to just talk about what happened in terms of the league form. So as I say, we, we ended up in 15th when, when Coyne left us. And um, as soon as Ricketts took over, our league form completely died off. We got one win in 12, which was the second worst start for a manager in the club's history. Um, and that goes back to 1951. Um, and that, by the, the end of this period then, so this takes us from sort of mid-December through to February, we were actually 23rd in the league. We were second bottom. So we can talk about how fantastic these FA Cup games were, but there really, really was a very poor run in the league. They and only lost once after a cup tie, though. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and some of these performances during this period were dog shit, if I'm not up in Perth, We had some really, really poor performances in here. And well, the first 12 games, we got point. Um, seven points per game. Which is awesome. Zero point seven yeah. points per game, which is absolutely atrocious. Rough. It is horrendous. And we were still on. making the same mistakes, throwing games yeah. away against Bradford late on when we'd fought back to three three. There was a game against Peterborough where we should have got someone out of the game and threw it away as well. Um, I think that was at home and. Yeah, it was just it was a combination of terrible performances and the same old mistakes that were just costing us. And some weeks you'd play okay, throw it away. Next week you'd turn up and be absolutely awful and not deserve anything from the game. And it was just week in, week out. It was one of those different ones. But the league run was really was not acceptable for for the opening period of a, of a new manager. Despite what had gone previously with Askey, despite what he was left with, he by the time we got to January, he was able to bring in his own players. And it, just, it didn't turn around in the league as quickly did as you would have wanted. Did we it? play three at the back in this point? When did we get to three? In Stuck the back? with the diamond no. for the first few. Yeah. Was it yeah. diamond for all the way through this? You got the. Win. Was was it three at the back first Roster Rovers away? Possibly. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sure. He got the That's win. That's nicely cut, Meg. He got, he got <laughs> yeah. the win against his win against Coventry game before Christmas, and um, but then you know it's a chance to sort of build on your first Never win, did. and then Boxing Day at Stanley was was pretty dire. That was uh, awful. You yeah. see after what oh, thirty was seconds was it? Or and then Sunderland yeah. next game was creditable, but again didn't get out of the game for a, for a combination of factors, and it was just one thing after another. And um, a big, but it was the Sunderland away was actually quite impressive yeah. what they were trying yeah. to do, but the, but it was followed up with with Fleetwood at home on New Year's Day. Oh God, but everything no, was wrong. That with game was instantly game. Everything was wrong with that Stanley game. Sunderland, again, it was just these teams, these players seem to be able to do something in front of the cameras or in front of a big stadium. But again, they were, they were a Jack and Hyde team within games because yeah. this is very much when we started getting the good half, bad half. Mm. Again, and that's and one it, thing we haven't spoken about, Askey, because yeah. that's what happened too often, wasn't it? We did have a good half and then we'd absolutely fall away. Yeah, and, and, and there's always a question, what are they saying in there at half-time? <laughs> what do they do? What's their <laughs> half-time snack? Where's it going? You know, it's really strange, isn't it? Oh dear. So we we had the league as it was going on there. As I say, we we didn't we drew too many games as well during that period of time just by not not doing enough. But we had some very interesting cup games, didn't we? And I, and we were just talking this before, Mark, weren't we, about you thinking that uh, it was a very odd game at Stoke, wasn't it? And um, as fans on the night, it was bloody fantastic. But uh, it was a very odd game. Yeah, wasn't it? It, it, an amazing experience. <laughs> 
but in in terms of um, the result papering over the cracks of a performance, it was it was incredible. What a hit from uh, what a hit from James Bolton, and then Stoke fell apart. Didn't yeah, they? and um, uh, they, but then they were they were great against Stoke in the, in the previous game. They were good against Wolves yeah. as well. So you are right in that that squad had the ability when they fancied it, mm-hmm. and against the bigger clubs they tended to do that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Sunderland and not Accrington. Well, I think. You know, you might prefer to play at the stadium yeah, like than yeah. you do at Accrington, perhaps, and and it is a squad that's like that when it when it fancied it. Yeah, and Mark's mentioned Stoke and Wolves games. There, in between those, you've got three 0 home defeats Charlton, yeah. where Town were tore oh, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Charlton still had yeah, Callum Grant, Grant and, yeah, yeah. and up front with Lars Taylor, and those two were streets They're ahead amazing. of anything mm. in this league. But like, um, the Stoke game, I thought was interesting. One, I had the, I missed that game, and it was one of those games you regret going. So the, for the fear of missing out, came back, and I went to Blackpool away because I missed the Stoke game. So I didn't miss the game. game. And Blackpool, Blackpool away, away, we had so many chances. Yeah. Yeah. I dr- drove on my own, came back on my own. Yeah. I was just in the car, seeding to myself, going, "How did we miss that?" But then the Stoke game, I watched it back. I didn't watch the, I watched the highlights of the first half, but I actually watched the whole second half. And I was expecting to see this kind of, you know, this different team, this flamboyant passing style, whatever something. And I was like checking, kept checking the, the clock, like. Like 15 minutes into the half, we still haven't done anything. It was a really, really yeah. weird performance. It was like three moments of brilliant football in a 45 minutes of turgid performance. <laughs> I think it was, well, we haven't said this, but it was massive for Ricketts that night, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was, and yeah, it's fans. funny, I mean, there's fans again going to games. Those cup games were some of the only times this season where I felt very pride, pride in what was going on at my football club. Like, there was a lot of pride in those results, wasn't there, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to Stoke, unfortunately. No, but I, would, I did a big dance in my kitchen when we scored <laughs> that winner. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's, it's been difficult to have that much pride in the team this year because they've not showed that much pride in, in themselves on the mm. pitch. Uh, and so results like that are the ones you're really going to remember because you know it's it's, the, it's, the, it's one of the few times you've been proud to walk out of the football ground with your football shirt on. You know, it's, it's which is really we're, odd that players at this level can do that because let's be honest, we've seen a lot of players play for Shrewsbury and just disappear. Into never play professional football again. Yeah. So we're not, even though we're in League One, you know, you can drop all the way through League Two through the conference into nowhere. So it's really strange. There's a few players on that list of, of names who, you know, after Shrewsbury probably could not, ever, might not ever play football again. So it's, it's oh, yeah. really odd, isn't it? That, you know, they're in this position, opportunity to not do it. It's, it's very they're strange. Humans, they? they're not football robots. You know, they're, they're not football robots. But you know, you think that bit of desire. But anyway, it's you, you end up one. in a in a culture that yeah. sucks. The life out of things yeah. as well. Don't yeah. you? You no, I think culture is a big, a big I point. I think you're only as as strong as a group as mm. your weakest three or four members. You know, they think that there would something. They, they went. They went to Port Vale in the checker trade. Played Port Vale's first team. Yeah, and had a load of kids. Sears was immense. That day. And, and Roland was immense. Uh, but then as threw well. it away yeah. at the end. And lost yeah. on penalties. Yeah, it was. It was the the <laughs> best. Thing, well, that. it was the best example of. How Classic have you history. not won yeah. that game? And that was all season. It, and you start off going, well, they're, oh, they're in Man City's under 15. <laughs> <laughs> there was a nine-year-old in that team who was fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, you, you end up going, okay, they're missing chances. Does, and then it becomes a trend. And then it, it becomes you, a trend. And then there's something wrong within yeah, the team. Exactly. And they're making mistakes in both boxes because there's something inherently yeah. wrong with them as a group of players. You know, yeah, some, I've, I've subscribed on, on the pod at one point. It's like, there's something corrupt about this squad of players. There's just something about, you yeah. bring them all together and just does some, there's just something wrong with this group. The first half of the season, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and la- you know, the, which had a lot of changes in January, didn't we? The successful season, where they were consistently more than the sum of their parts, oh. because they got on 
because they they were a had a culture that allowed them to excel. Mm. And this has been so much the less than the sum of its parts yeah. because of the flip side of that. There's, there's a key period at the end of this before Glyn takes on to the next point. Going out to Wolves on Jan the 26th. Obviously a few days later, lost 4-3 that, that night at Bradford. I'm not sure I'll ever forget that. Oh, that was random. Unbelievable. And that, that was pure panic on yeah. the bench as much as anything. That was I, the point where I thought they've got to be really careful they don't lose their heads here because mm. he was just throwing centre forward. Well, that, that, that was it to play wing back. And, and they were bottom. You know, yeah, they were yeah. bottom. Yeah. That was two days before the end of January and a lot of business was still to be done and a lot of it was done on the 30th and the 31st. Yeah, true enough. And I think business that, that probably, arguably, pretty much definitely kept Shrewsbury up. Mm. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, uh, yeah it was, it's an interesting period. I say we talked about the cut games. I mean, for me uh, personally, uh, uh, standing in walls, being able to mock their fans for that goal that we scored and just yeah. lord it up we in there. We took the lead. It's a big, it's a big highlight of the last five or six years. That and also just witnessing what happened at Stoke because that was historic. It's the only time we've come from two 0 down away from home in a cup game against and a VAR. top team. Shrewsbury's experience of VAR is is terrible. What? <laughs> Why was that goal? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was moaning about that, wasn't he? Ricky? So there was, you know, we, we, when we reflect, we are reflecting back on it, but those definitely the two standout moments for me as a the passion of being a fan this season. It was definitely those two moments, but. Um, yeah, so we were getting to that period. I say we were twenty third at this point. It felt like in the league we were worse than ever. In all honesty, because we're we were just so Jekyll and Hyde. But as um, uh, as Lewis had just said, there there was a bit more work in the transfer market. He finally got what must have been the last little pieces of what he wanted. Maybe he didn't get everything he wanted. And um, we went into part six then, which was sort of stopping the rot. But we never were getting completely. So where out were we in the league at this point? Glenn? So we were twenty third um, after. Well, basically when we played Wolves away. Got knocked out. We were second bottom, and obviously we'd just previously a couple of well, a week or so. No, the night, the week before actually, we'd lost to Bur- um, Bradford, who were bottom. So there was a big panic about mm-hmm. us staying up, and you know this was definitely a massive relegation battle. But um, we had an important five games after that, really. Um, and just on that point, and the reason I asked that question because I think this is where um, this is where the fans were starting to get quite worried about Ricketts' appointment. So those who were worried about it then start felt vindicated almost. Yeah, that they were right. Yeah. But this 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 little period here was useful, where we got you know two draws, uh, Bristol Rovers away, Burton at home, and then we beat Peterborough away, and we beat Doncaster at home, and and that kind of got you know, got us up to seventeen because of how congested the league was, and those four games probably were just the, the things that stopped it from getting you know Bradford esque and being just you know at the bottom the rest of the season, and um, there were some decent performances in that lot. I don't know what, which one stands out most to you, Mark, really there. In the final few, in, in that Bristol Rovers, Burton, Peterborough, Doncaster run, the sort of. The ones that stopped the rot, really. Because Bristol Rovers at the time will be that new formation, wasn't it? Three at the back, showing Rochelle Williams started. Came in, yeah. So for me, this is where the, the, the January transfer yeah. signings came into the team and Wally was back as well. Yeah. I thought the Peterborough away win was the biggest win. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. That was, that was, that was his first win in 12. I, that was, that was yeah. ending the, yeah. the, the worst the run. Terrible the terrible run. Yeah, that was massive. I don't think they've been sparkling at any point. I agree with you that that little change at the top of the system got Wally and Doherty into the right areas um, and helped them a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think that that Peterborough away result and then they they just managed to grind a few out. I mm. think it, it, it remains to be seen whether Sam Ricketts is instinctively cautious as a manager they draw a lot of games yep. or whether it was the situation I think there were too many draws in there but they, they did enough and mm. they, they set their targets and expectations at fifth bottom and yep. did enough to like, perform that in- interestingly they're back Peterborough up a few days later at home to Don- uh, a high flying Doncaster side mm. who were pretty terrible and that was you know 
Tyrese Campbell and, and Josh Loren scored. It was a very comfortable. They, they scored two first half goals, and they and, they missed and a lot of chances. Yeah. Marcus second half, they yeah, so they did enough. But, but I think Campbell made it three goals in his first three games, and, yeah. and yeah. that night they went up to seventeenth. And you know Tyrese Campbell was scoring all these goals, and I think a lot of the a fair chunk of the fan base would have thought we were right here. We've 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 got these mm. these we've beat Peterborough and Doncaster, gone up to seventeenth, got a good striker who's scoring now, yep. and we've got games next against Wimbledon, Rochdale, Plymouth. That was it. And the fact that they Wickham, and the fact that they got Campbell, the fact Stoke let Campbell out, huge, and I am still surprised that they did, yeah. which meant they weren't left with. Sam Smith essentially is their January loan centre forward. And Payne, yeah, he was and Payne. Payne. just as a backup. Yeah, is frankly, yeah. I think if they knew they were getting incredible, I think if they knew they were getting Tyrese Campbell, I'd, oh, they wouldn't I have signed wouldn't have seen at Payne. least one of the other yeah, two. They wouldn't yeah. have seen Payne, yeah. But you got uh, with all this conversation about this little spell and how we, we turned it around and got some points. The context here is that we were helped out massively by a lot of teams dropping off after Christmas Being and shot. getting themselves into trouble and and. And I still remain convinced this season we stayed up because there were a lot of worse teams than us. Yeah. We didn't battle our way out of it so much as just be better than the other bad teams. Mm. Um, we still got and it, was, teams, and, and it was it was part of that really strange. You know, we were talking about Accrington earlier on how they dropped off. What a strange league it's been this season, and we massively benefited from that just because it was a really poor. If you put last season's team in this season's league, it's like saying if Liverpool played in the league without Man City in it, mm. you know, it, it's it's such a it's such a weird year. And, it, and we just go back to that last period. I think it was the, the seventh, second of February when we had gone down twenty third and we lost that we lost at home three 0 to Luton. Yeah. That was that game where we were talking about the tox atmosphere starting to come back, which is why we're saying that next period was so important because that was the one where people were actually actively saying Ricketts out, and and there was that really negative game, wasn't it? And so you know from that turning it around and draw draw win win, and then another draw in the league, it just stemmed that from tipping over the edge like it did by Aski, I think and you know we, I don't think Ronald would ever have sacked Sam Ricketts you know I don't no. think that would ever happen this season but he was on the verge of being almost irre- irre- irreplace- irrecoverable for Ricketts with some of the fans and I still know now we've got to the end of the season there's a lot of people are not happy with Sam Ricketts and would want us to move on and it, it comes from that Luton game and the anger was there Ollie. Do, do you guys to Lewis and Mark do you think that the club would have sacked him second manager in a year? So we shall leave the first part of the end of season special there um, on quite a nice point, asking the guys whether uh, they ever thought that uh, Shubham would sack a second manager in the season. But uh, as it was, uh, Ricketts still out the season, and we shall cover the rest of that in the next episode. So yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed our, our first uh, part, um, looking back at the season, and uh, hopefully we'll have the next part up within the next week or so. So um, yeah, thanks for listening, and catch you for the next part. Oh.